Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff text me 949-415-6256 please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book the comprehensive guide to clinical research it's been selling really well getting very well received by the community thank you guys so much for that also check out the youtube member page join this channel to get perks that's my youtube uh, membership it's 10 bucks a month you get a monthly mastermind exclusively it's a zoom call every month with other youtube members uh, you also get weekly videos exclusive to the youtube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences so check that out really means a lot to me and thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show Guru Nation, what is going on, guys? Look, it's been an incredible year. By the way, Dr. Hazen, it's only fitting that you come on like as one of my last interviews of the year. Maybe my last. Who knows? Right? Um, started the first interview with COVID together. We started it. And I don't we're gonna think... We're going to finish it. I don't think it's ending, though. That's the thing. I think we're next year we're talking about the same thing. Next same year thing. is the same. So the other day... <laughs> The other day I traded in my phone, right? So I have like no phone for like an hour while my phone updates. And I'm like, well, I got I to gotta go to the bathroom. What do I do? I don't, so I like picked up your book. I was halfway through with it like six months ago. I picked it up. I didn't, I read it on the toilet. I didn't get off the toilet for like 30 minutes. This is, it's, a, it's and you know what? I told you this on the phone. I'm so glad you wrote this before COVID. Because nobody, because what you wrote in here is some of it's almost prophetic. Okay. There's no way somebody can say, hey, this is bullshit. She's just like, you know, her book is to sell like whatever she's doing. It's this was written before COVID, a year before COVID, right? A year before, at least a year before COVID. So I was reading, I'm like, man, this is applicable today. This is applicable today. During COVID. You talk about bifido or whatever that. Yeah, thing. I talked about bifido bacteria back then. See, I'm getting smarter, guys. It's getting dangerous. It's getting bifido get the bacteria. Te- Learn it, memorize it. Bifido. It's gonna be what's your beef? What's your biff? So what's let's level. I know what my biff level is. I don't know mine, but we we'll, we'll, we could find out. But I know yours actually. You do? Oh, you know mine. I don't know mine. I know yours. All right. Let me know. Let me know. Unblind me. Unblind me from the study. Actually, here's a story. Maybe we should start with this. You can tell everyone, right? That you 
had it because you're yeah everybody knows so here's the thing i'm gonna let's start with this i want your opinion on this okay i was invited by a very big pharma i'm not gonna say who they're looking for influencers they had like an influencer week or whatever so they had like a patient influencer a girl who just graduated med school influencer she's like big on tiktok and then me who's like industry i'm in the industry researchers right there's no one else well they fly they, they paid for my tickets everything they were wow. like wine and dine first class me wow. and my wife okay the day before i say look there's only one issue all right guys i'm not vaccinated the reason is i'm in a study my colleague and my friend dr hazen She's in a study and I, I can't be vaccinated. I'm in a study. They're looking long-term effects yes. of her treatment versus. on me versus, right? And are the she, control group. You're the control group. Yes. So she, she was like, okay, the lady wasn't her fault. But then the powers that be said, well, it's not in our image for you because you're an influencer for us to have you, even though you're in a study. And I told them, I said, do you want me to withdraw from the clinical trial? Like, where's patient centricity? I'm, I'm, you're supposed to try to retain me in the study. They want to withdraw me from the study. Wow. Patient centricity. I thought that's what it's all about. you to withdraw. Exactly right. So what do you think about that? What do you think about this? Because to me, it didn't bother me. I kind of figured they're not going to want me in there. Uh, But like, what do you think about this as a doctor working on the front lines of this? Well, I think we can, we all agree that there's definitely some shady business going on in the influential world and in the marketing and all that. That is just not what we're used to, Dan. We're just not used to that. You yeah. know, I'll give you an example. So kid goes in for his booster and basically gets, and I'm going to tell the story because it's really hurt me. I found out this weekend I was in Vegas, as you know, talking to a bunch of, to a lot of neurologists. I saw your Instagram. Yeah. On fecal transplant and everything. My favorite topic. Shit. Mm. So anyway, so we're basically, I'm sitting with an ER doctor from Texas and he tells me the story. The kid comes in and he's presenting the case, right? As we usually do in medicine. And he goes, kid comes in, 19-year-old valedictorian of his high school. He's in an Ivy League college. He follows. He gets vaccinated first, second vaccine, third, and then he gets the booster, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Goes into the ER. The ER doctor sees him. He's got chest pain, myocarditis, a little bit of a pleural effusion. He's not making anything of it, but the chest pain was not going away. So he admits the kid. Next thing you know, the kid gets into multi organ failure, kidneys shut down, liver shut down, platelets drop. He's got a a blood clot in the leg. They amputate the leg. Seriously, his sepsis is improving. And then two days later, he dies of a heart attack. 19 year old. Now you and I are in the clinical trial business, right? And I presented this. And you don't hear anything about this on the news. Wait, But this is the thing. I presented this to my sister who like you and me, we've been at this enough to have gray hair, even though I call her my hair. <laughs> right. <here. laughs> I know why well, I don't show it anymore. <laughs> so I said to, to my sister, I said, any other time, this would be an SAE. She's like, SAE, 
this would be a blind box warning shut down. <laughs> She's right? right. She's right. Right. Yeah. So what is going on? Why are we? Why have we stopped looking? I understand we're in a pandemic. We're freaking out. Let's hope that the vaccine is the solution. But the fact is, we're still in a pandemic, and we vaccinated like half the country. And the problem is more. People more. are more than half the country. I mean, Ventura is 90% vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I'm still seeing COVID patients that are now vaccinated. So, you know, maybe that's not the solution. I don't know. Maybe we're not going the right path. If we're not going the right path and we're not shutting down the pandemic, maybe we should switch gear. Plan right. B. Right. Can, you, you see me on Twitter. I'm like always. Your Twitter. Working. Your Twitter has like quadrupled in size over the last year. Well, because I decided, you know what? I have a voice and I'm frustrated and I might as well put it out there. I and love your tweets. Your tweets. <laughs> yeah, my, awesome. my, mine today was like I was inspired and I was watching, you know, I have this little thing with Seth Meyers because Seth yeah. Meyers, you know, all of a sudden is an expert on ivermectin and he talked about uh, horse dewormer. And I said, well, maybe Seth Myers wants to take care of all my patients. I'm going to give my patient because, you know, this I was mentioning something and some guy laughed and I go, oh, look at that. I'm funnier than Seth Myers. <laughs> maybe I should switch roles and send since Seth Myers is like talking about patients and, and horse dewormers and medications. Maybe I should start, you know, so, <laughs> a couple Let's things, a couple things. There's, yeah, let's talk shit. There's a couple of things I want to ask you. I'm so glad this was written before COVID, all right? Because a lot of the things you say you consistent before, during, and after COVID. Um, even though initially some of the stuff you say can sound crazy, like if you go back to our Latinos in clinical research interview with you, right? It was like a great debate between you, Dr. Al, whom, whom I love. I love Dr. Al, uh, but <laughs> Like that, what you said then sounded crazy because everybody was really trying to get the vaccine out because we we're trying to get back with our lives. And now we're like a year and a half later and we have no clarity. We have cases like this. Now, critics would say, well, the case you just described of this poor kid, that's outliers, right? It's not happening to most people. But when when do you black box warning label something like how many how many incidents? Somebody's okay. got to know. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, I understand, you know, people feel more comfortable with this vaccine. You know, we're back to our lives somehow. You know, I was just in Vegas. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah. And so there's a comfort, right? But the fact is we quarantined everyone right at the time before vaccine. So we have no idea what it would have been like before then too, right? And, you know, I look at people that have you know, not really changed their lifestyle, the whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. And really nothing's really changed. I mean, I look at my hospital, for example, pre-vaccination, pre we have 12 cases. Post-vaccination, we have 12 cases. So 12, 12, mm, I don't know. Have we oh, done this it? This is in Ventura or where? Yeah, in Ventura. And if you look at the mortality, the mortality hasn't changed. So if the mortality hasn't changed, we don't know what the long-term effects of this vaccine is. We need to pay attention to the cases like this. You know, I have another kid who is. But whenever you say stuff like this, like that story or what you just said, I'm just playing devil's advocate. The the critics, I've watched enough YouTube videos to see commenters fight. So they say, well, we also don't know long term effects of COVID. 
And this could have happened to that kid if he got COVID. What do you say to that? Like, what what is your? Oh, so I response? say so. The we we don't know the mechanism of action of why this vaccine is doing this. COVID. I've been on the front line, and you know, I've treated thousands, including me, including you. Nobody has died. Zero. Nobody Zero. has died. Zero. I'm. You know, my sister keeps saying. How many patients was it total? Like from all your studies, approximately. Over. Over. I mean, well, you know, I have the Zyperdox that I finished, and then I have the Hydroxy that I we're still going. Yeah. But, but I've treated a lot of patients off label because in in between. Like a thousand, more or less. Well, over. Over. Over a thousand. And then you count how many doctors I've trained to treat patients. You know, thousands and thousands. I mean, you know, I have some doctor. I have one doctor. She's treated like seventeen thousand patients. Brian Tyson in in uh, on the border of California and Mexico. He's treated like over six seven thousand. Or over there in Chula Vista. Yeah, he's treated like thousands. So, but unfortunately, they don't have the ability to write the data because they didn't do it through an IRB. They didn't sign the consent, and therefore nobody can verify the data. Right. That's why I did these clinical trials as clinical trials, because I said, I want the FDA to come in my office and see the data. And by the way, you know, the they FDA have, said, they have, they were there. Can you talk were, about that? Like anything? They were, they were uh, very professional uh, and they were very, very ethical and they were very good and thorough. Um, you know, were they, were they giving you a hard time because you have alternative to the status quo? No, that was not. No, their own concern was basically, am I doing things right? You know, clinical trial stuff, you know, okay. they weren't looking for anything. But my favorite line, and, and we kept joking, you know, because they know I've been in the business for so long. And, you know, I've never had a 483, zero 483, yeah. ever. So they were in my office and every time they saw like, you know, and I'm doing these clinical trials on my money. So it's like, we're, we're straggling, you know, this is not like a typical clinical trials where they, you know, fly you first class and they pay you thousands <laughs> of dollars per patient. This is Sabine Hazen paying You're for it. You're bootstrapping it. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be things like, oh, we forgot to, from, to send this report in on time and things like that. Right. So it was so funny because her thing was like, Dr. Hazen, Dr. Hazen. In other words, like, you should know better, Dr. Hazen. And I just, it was so funny because at the end, like we were, you know, all telling her, we, I imitated her saying my name in front of her. So it was kind of funny. So you guys got along well. So the FDA is on your she side actually, now. So it was kind of funny because she said, you know, Dr. Hazen, let's talk about this. But, you know, let's talk, as you would say, let's talk shit. <laughs> did you give him a copy of the book did you give him a signed copy no you cannot give a signed copy of a book to the fda you cannot it's it. learning what really okay no it's it's called uh it's that's like good to know if they come by my office candy yeah, you cannot give them even candy it's not le- it's not legal i see i see Unethical. because it's like bribing an officer you so the people afford them nothing so here's what they, like what people are watching are supposed to talk about this yeah, it's fine. It's all it's kosher. Fine. What we you're, said. You're the writer of uh, clinical trials, so yeah. The comprehensive guide to clinical research. Your book is. I know you're moving units because I know what mine does and yours does better. So I know. I know you're real. I know you're real. You're not BSing. 
People, um, it's so funny because people are saying, "Oh, I'm buying it for Christmas for my friends." That's I good. Want, I think I think it should be required word. reading. I want, I want everybody around the world to know what fecal transplant is, and I want everybody around the world to demand that we should let doctors do fecal transplant to help those poor kids with autism. So, what are you most passionate about right now in regards to COVID? In the context of COVID, that we're gonna find treatment or fecal transplant or is that a treatment so let me tell you what i'm more passionate about um i'm more passionate about the fact that i haven't had anybody die on my shift that's Um, incredible actually really good i think there's definitely divine and you've treated people like if people follow you they'll see it's not just like healthy people i mean i don't know how healthy i am but i'm relatively healthy 87 years old 87 02 levels like 85 or something yeah 65 try 65 wow 65 do you see that yeah five percent wait watch this goes up to 72 percent goes up to 76 percent how long how in a matter of days or what no, in a matter of a couple of hours, 80%. What did you do there to that 82%, one? 82%. 85%. What did you do to this one? In two hours. What did you do to this one? Ivermectin, baby. Ivermectin? Are you doing Ivermectin? Oh, it's warmer. Do you know what I did? This is what happened. I realized, as you know, I knew about bifidobacteria, right? Yeah. It's in here. It's like on page 20. There you go. Bifidobacteria. I knew that people with COVID most likely had zero bifidobacteria. I kind of had a gut feeling. And so when we found COVID in the stools, we decided, well, let's look at what the microbiome looks like. And we discovered that people that had severe COVID had zero bifidobacteria, zero. So we then said, okay, well, bifidobacteria, what is ivermectin? It's a fermented product of a bacteria. Maybe that's how it's doing something, right? So I decided to give, instead of my 18, the patient was dying. She didn't want to go to the hospital, okay? It was a, yeah, it was a she. So what was I going to do? Let her die? Or am I going to double the dose? So I said, you know what? Take 36 milligrams of ivermectin right now. She did, and I was on the phone with her, right? Because I was freaking out. My heart rate was like palpating. And then like it goes up, up. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the answer. I'm doing something with this fermented product of the bacteria because it's probably refloralizing the gut, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to demonstrate how it does in my publication coming up. But basically that's what it does. So when I saw that, I said, okay, how do I get rid? Because what I showed on that preprint on the bifidobacteria, my hypothesis is that basically when you have low bifidobacteria, zero bifidobacteria, COVID comes in, it secretes cytokines, right? If you have zero bifidobacteria, the cytokines are in there, nothing grabs them out of your bowels, right? Because the yeah. bowels, the waste, right? But if you have a lot of bifidobacteria, which is what we discovered in people that were high risk exposed, but never got COVID, those people like myself, 200,000 plus bifidobacteria, you know, I'm exposed, but I'm, I have enough bifido to sustain me so that when I have COVID in my gut or in my lungs, it's secreting toxins. So, I, you know, I, the, the bifidobacteria takes it up. That's the hypothesis anyways, right? And what I noticed was when I was giving ivermectin, 
people were getting diarrhea and then they felt better. So yeah. that kind of like put in, that told me, you know what? Diarrhea is the key to get. So I would tell my patients, I would say, when you get diarrhea, don't worry. That means you're doing something right. When you get fever, that means you're doing something right because you're secreting. My niece just got COVID three days ago and she has no symptoms other than severe diarrhea. And she went to the ER for diarrhea. Yeah, that's it. So get so it. You're saying that's actually a good thing. That's a good thing. Drink some kefir, drink some Gatorade get, and continue doing what you're doing. Cause obviously that's a good thing. How do you, how does one like build up their bifidobacteria? Like, what do you, what do you hypothesize? Oh, it's so tough. It's so tough. So, Is there a certain food to avoid or certain foods to so many eat? Things that cause loss of bifidobacteria, you know, from the medications you take, ah. the drugs, to the alcohol, to the coffee, a lot of coffee, coffee a lot of coffee kills your bifidobacteria. You're killing me. I know. Well, by the way. Can we talk about your bifidobacteria here? Yeah, you have my results? Yeah. All right, let's do it. You weren't zero, but you weren't so good. So we need to retest to see if you're like improving. Whatever Are you, you serious? Test. Wow. Yeah, so maybe the caffeine in you. It probably is, but I don't need another reason to quit. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the coffee. So, but my symptoms so, were not that bad though. They weren't that bad. But that's, but you still had some bifidobacteria in you. You didn't have zero. So it's not like that black and white, right? It's a lot of gray. Not that black and white. Yeah. Yes. I got you. Yes. But some people that are bad, you know, the, you wonder what's their gut looking like. Wow. No kidding. I so mean, the, question, the big question with the bifidobacteria is which came first, right? The chicken or the egg? Did the bifidobacteria, was the bifidobacteria zero and therefore COVID penetrated? because free rent, right? Free space in the bowels. Right. Or, and therefore the bifidobacteria, which are, by the way, 20 to 30 times bigger than COVID. COVID is tiny, a bacteria mm. is bigger. So if bacteria is taking all this space in the bowels and then it's no longer there, viruses come in and they're like, oh, free range, we're moving in, right? It's like the bad guy's moving in. So it's either that or the virus comes in penetrates the bacteria because that's what viruses do bacteriophage right you know about that yeah and then destroy the bifidobacteria so which came first did the bifido start so i tend to think that the bifido was zero because we analyzed all these stool samples at baseline in a lot of patients some patients gave us the sample like two weeks three weeks later but in a lot of patients we analyzed the bifidobacteria at baseline and we realized that their bifidobacteria was zero. So one mm. wonder maybe, you know, the bifido was zero and therefore the virus just penetrated. So have you done, have any, I'm assuming because over like 65% of the country's vaccinated that you have had many patients who have been vaccinated that you've treated also. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, have you noticed now, anything in their gut like that you can speculate maybe is from the vaccine or? Anything unusual you discovered? I, I don't think you can differentiate, right? But I wonder if the messenger RNA also causes a bacteriophage picture. Remember, people are like, oh, why would it affect the microbiome, blah, blah, blah. But you're putting an injection in the arm, the muscle, that potentially goes to the blood, right? Blood circulates. And then where does it end up? In the gut. So let's say that messenger RNA travels, ends up in the gut. 
is that messenger RNA creating a bacteriophage to the bifido at that point? Does it enter the mitochondria? Does it live in the mitochondria? Does it keep perpetuating a problem and creating havoc in the gut? I don't know those questions, but we are definitely looking at people. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm on the front line for COVID. And of course, I'm skewed with the vaccine because I'm on the front line with COVID vaccine with vaccine injury, too. Which, by the way, now that I've said that, you know, our video is going to be tagged. As <laughs> <laughs> I had an FDA auditor. Did you see the video? I just had an FDA auditor who's also like, well, I wouldn't say you're anti-vax because you're not and neither am I. But he was very critical of the vaccine. And he's a former FDA auditor. I got to send you that link. So that right. one was OK. So this one's less less crazy okay, i think perfect so yeah. anyway, so the quest so i'm seeing the vaccine injured like you know 14 year olds that are basically paralyzed from the waist down post vaccine and uh developed cmv esophagitis why cmv esophagitis in a 14 year old where did she get it how did she get it you know what i mean those were the cases we used to see when we were in in jackson memorial hospital with hiv patients so from so, the patients you're seeing, how many, like what percentage you think have like a vaccine injury? I mean, I'm not seeing that many vaccine injury. I don't think the word's out there yet uh, that I'm vaccine injury, you know, taking care of them. But I'm definitely, people are sending them to me for like- That's next. I saw your tweet. Yeah. I mean, uh, next is going to be, well, I do, listen, I want those patients because yeah. I own the genetic sequencing lab that understands the microbiome. I want to crack that code. I want to see what's happening because I, I just don't understand. People are not curious. People don't want to know. These are the cases that are that basically tell excite me in a way because people are I want curious. To challenge to figure it out. You know what I mean? They are I, curious. I like the challenge. I like the challenge of treating COVID and making sure I have zero mortality, and I like the challenge of figuring out the vaccine issue because maybe. Maybe there's a solution that we're not seeing, which is vaccine plus microbiome, you know, improvement. So therefore you get both of both worlds. You get the vaccine and you're protected from the virus, but also you protect yourself from having the vaccine damaging your body. Right. So I think we need to understand that. How much is actually known about mRNA platform? Not much. Brand new. But they've been studying it for like 10 years, no? They've been studying for 10 years. But I mean, in the clinical world, what have we got now that's mRNA platform? Nothing. Nothing. Just this. Exactly. Just this. And and this to the whole world. Imagine if it's a mess. This is a humanity experiment. So I'm not dumb to keep some control <laughs> group, to have a control group. That's we me. <laughs> yeah. Because guess what? If the answer is in fecal material, well, your feces are just worth a lot of money. Though. I owe you a stool sample. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Pardon I... the mental image to everybody watching and listening. Uh, Not that we care about the money of the stools, so feces. No, no. What I'm amazed with, like, since day one, I was, even I talked to Chris, who's, uh, we, we're the CRO on two of your studies. Yes. And you're doing like 40. Anybody could go on clinicaltrials.gov, look up Progena Biome, and you'll see. She's the real deal. It's not, it's not BS. Like two or three of those, you'll see DSCSCRO on there. She's funding the, like, do you have investors? Or are you just basically well, bootstrapping this whole thing? We tried. We have, I'm bootstrapping it. And this is the thing. 
And I was going to put this on, on Twitter today. Why would I sponsor something? Exactly. That's Unless where I'm getting it. I knew without a doubt that was the answer. <laughs> Why? Do you know how much money I'm Well, when you, when you started this, I thought you were crazy. I seriously yeah, I did. did. I didn't want to be rude, but I was like, why is she putting like you were putting like million, like seven figures into this of your own yeah. money? Yes. And yeah. I was like, why is this person doing this? Nobody knows anything about COVID right now. This was when it first. And then yes. the more I time I was like, I'm going in it. The I more time it. elapsed, the more you proved to be correct, Dr. Hazen. I mean, but you know what, Dan? Think about what I did. Right. What did I do? I showed the world that we have a problem in healthcare. I showed the world that there's a problem. <laughs> well, I don't think you need to show them for that no, people to know it. that. <laughs> no, but doctors got a hint of what to give. They gave it to their patients. It yeah. worked. And they got stopped. What did yeah. I do? I demonstrated that we're stopping progress. We're stopping innovations. Think about it. My three things that I'm dealing with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and fecal transplant by doctors are all controversial. All controversial. And you gave me azithromycin, ZPEC. Yeah, I gave you ZPEC. That made me feel better instantly. I know, because you're a young guy. <laughs> that was it. Some kids, I just give ZPEC. That's it. That's, that was amazing. Uh, okay, so... But you know, that's the craziest thing. Before COVID, we were giving ZPEC. And now we stopped right. with people were scared. I had a 13 year old asthmatic at the beginning of the pandemic. Her doctor told the mom, no, don't do anything. If she stops breathing, bring her to the hospital. Who thinks like that? And, and I said, what about ZPAC? He didn't give you ZPAC. He would have. And, and the mom even said to me, she said, prior to COVID, every time she had an asthma attack, he would give ZPAC. And this time he said, no, don't do anything. And I go, well, let me give you Z-Pack. So I gave her Z-Pack and the kid was better in three days. Yeah. Of it's, all like my, it's like my brother-in-law. I gave him because we're close to Mexico. So I could go to the pharmacy and get all this stuff over there. I know. Um, that's the beauty. The beauty is Mexico. A lot of people like follow me on Twitter or Facebook and uh, they ask me questions. And they're in Mexico, so they just go to the pharmacy and pick You up. just go. They, uh, you don't even need a doctor. You know. I love Mexico. Yeah, they yeah. care about their people and they don't, they're not like, oh, here's the drugs. And look, look at Japan. Japan is, uh, you know, using ivermectin. They're out of it. India now is using Zyverdol. But at the but at the end of the day, I mean, so my brother, my brother in law, he's a type two diabetic, overweight, like all the classic risk factor. He got covid. His O2 got to like 90s. I sent him Z-Pak and um, hydroxy. Um and he got better like in a week. As soon as he got better, I told him, dude, you need to get the vaccine. So we took him to Fry's to get the vaccine. Am I? Yeah, because he's high risk. Yeah. High risk. Yes. So that's a good move, right? Like my, yes, my whole thing problem. is like risk to benefit ratio. Yeah, so if you're young and healthy. Uh, that's the thing. If you're young, healthy. You know, your, your risk of the vaccine is probably higher than the, than not, then yeah, do it. Same thing with my parents, my parents, you know, my dad's a doctor with the state of California. He had to, but he, he got yes. it. My mom, I'm glad they did. Both my in-laws did. I'm happy they did, but I'd rather be in your study. They get vaccinated. 
You know, it's freedom of choice, right? At the end of the day, it's freedom of choice. If you feel anxious about COVID and the vaccine gets you back to work and, and feeling fine and you're, you're, mm. you're good, then just do it. You know, I mean, nobody's like, but if, the, if you're scared of it and your gut feeling tells you, you know what? I have people that I'm friends with who had reactions from the MMR. People, parents that, and you know, remember, I'm in the world of autism. You know, a lot of parents yep. believe that it's vaccines that cause their kid to be autism. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. We still need to like see all that. And those are attenuated vaccines you're talking about, not yeah, mRNA. You know, exactly. But so imagine for those parents, there's no way they'd rather die than give their kids a vaccine. There are other kids that are healthy, a vaccine, because they're, they're yeah. thinking the vaccines caused autism in my kids. So I think we have to be realistic that not everybody is the same. And look at that kid, 19 years old or the 14-year-old that's paralyzed. I mean, if you're so convinced that it's going to hurt you, nobody should force you to do it. I think people should just worry about themselves. And realistically, if the vaccine is doing its thing and you're protected, then why do you care about the guy that's next to you that gets it? And, you know, the whole thing about the strain, I have to say, and while we're talking about this, because everybody calls me and is like, Omicron, oh my God, am I protected against Omicron? And, you know, we looked at the strains. It doesn't matter what strain you have. It doesn't, it doesn't correlate with severity. What correlates with severity so far that we're seeing is your bifidal bacteria in your gut. <laughs> so I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all looking for answers. It's still research. It's still, you know, answers here, questions there. We cannot stop people from asking questions. We cannot stop people from being scared of something that they don't feel comfortable that's brand new, you know? Even if it's le- like a 0.25 of a percent of people are getting, I mean, it's still a significant it's number. Still, if you're that 0.25, it might as well be 100% for you. Listen, when I talk yeah. about the of colonoscopy, one in a thousand perforation, you know, if you're that one in a thousand, it might as well be 100% for you, you know? So we need to tell the risk and people need to make those decisions. What do you have to That's say? That's where consent is. Yeah, we were, well, let's talk about that. But be, right before that, right before we jump into that, you're on Twitter a lot. You're on Twitter a whole lot. Yes. I, I just go on there like eating popcorn and reading people argue. <laughs> but what do you say? This is what I keep reading on Twitter. When, when somebody... Okay. Uh, thank you. When somebody goes on Twitter, like you probably get way more respect than the average Joe because you're a doctor, you're a researcher, you, you actually know what you're talking about. If I go on Twitter and say, hey, you know what? It's a risk to reward ratio. Everybody needs to make their own decision. I haven't said this, but I've seen others say it. The crowd comes back and says, you're selfish. Don't you care about other people dying? Like, what do you think about this? Is this like shaming like public shaming is it appropriate or am i I selfish so i think the whole public shaming one way or another is horrible i think the fact that people are rejected from going to the hospital because they're unvaccinated is horrible remember happening in la remember yes remember hiv the hospitals when we i remember in 1992 19, yeah, 92, I was in the walls of Jackson Memorial Hospitals, Jackson Memorial Hospital. 
And I had a patient that cheated on his wife and was HIV positive, okay? And I was not allowed to tell the wife that her husband was HIV positive, okay? Because it was, oh, you can't talk about it. It's HIPAA, it's violation. It's, I mean, I had to go through like the hospital ethics committee because I had a problem with that because I didn't want her sleeping with her husband who had it, you know, and I, I made a big deal about this, but you know, how many doctors didn't make a big deal and just didn't tell. And then the wife then becomes positive. It's not okay. And so that was not okay back then. And now what's, what's worse is we are at the same level of where we were with HIV and yet it's full disclosure. Everybody needs to know what everybody has. You know, my employee, if one employee has COVID in my office, I have to like do a hot speaker and go, hello, employee A got COVID. Everybody (laughs) panic, you know, test yourself, stay home, quarantine for 10 days. You know, I mean, what about privacy for that employee? You know, and that employee was so embarrassed. She even said to me, she's like, Dr. Hazen, you really have to tell. I'm like, you know the data, everybody's going to freak out if they end up finding out later, you know, at least we prepare them, et cetera. Nobody else got COVID in my office, but you know, this was these, I have a problem on both sides. I had a problem, you know, in, in 1992 when I couldn't tell the wife that her husband, her cheating husband was, was HIV positive. And I have a problem that I'm telling people that are vaccinated that, one employee who's vaccinated was COVID positive. You know what I mean? So. Informed consent. And and we haven't done informed consent. And by the way, when we do vaccination, we do informed consent. We tell the risk. The risk are minimal, but people need to know about it. That's it. So what is your take on the, what's happening now as far as informed consent, like with COVID? I, I don't think anybody's doing informed consent, whether treatment or vaccination, nobody's doing it. It's a free for all. And I think part of it is uh, I don't even know that lawyers are are doing anything or will do anything. You know what I mean? I and mean, IR- IRBs won't do anything unless it's their study. And this is not really one study. Correct. It's, but what do you think the issue is? Like, do, is informed consent actually needed? Isn't yeah, this like exactly. FDA approved? I think anytime you do it, it, you have to do informed consent. I do a colonoscopy, I get an informed consent, even if it's FDA approved. Mm-hmm. You know, even mm-hmm. listen, when drugs come to market and they're approved by the FDA, you still have to tell the patients the, the side effects and the drugs of the yeah. drug. How many I drugs should've... have black box warning? You have to tell the patients. I should have went with my brother-in-law inside because I took him to Fry's to make sure he gets vaccinated, guys. All you guys think I'm anti-vax. I drove him, basically made him go get the vaccine because he's at risk. And they didn't let me go in the room with him. He was scared. Like, he's afraid of needles. And so I don't know what they told him. But How's he doing now? He's doing good. He didn't have any reactions or anything. Like, not even a sore arm or anything. And he just got his second shot, so... He's doing good. Um, But that's what I'm saying. Like, even if it's like 0.25, you know, to them, like you said, the 0.25. Yeah, the the 0.25. But the the risk of the overweight. Listen, we already know you read it. And type 2. Type 2 diabetes. Read it in my book. Obesity, low bifidobacteria, right? So 
those people that have zero bifidobacteria, they're at risk, right? So if you're overweight, you're not going to lose weight. You're not going to, you know, be healthy. You're going to drink. You're going to, you know, then yes, get the shot because I think your risk of, heck, your risk of heart attack is higher than than the risk of the of the vaccine complication but i think i think the problem is that everybody picks a side and there's not like anybody in the middle like we're having discussion right now you know where we can say good things about both sides yes i think it's important to be middlemen middle middle side you know like not sure Mm Yeah. Uh, as we wrap up, I was going to, we talked about, um, you know, we talked about, um, hydroxy and ivermectin, but just a little, uh, thing and I'm not paid by Regeneron to say it, but I have to say Regeneron is doing amazing with their antibody monoclonal. Oh, it's doing great. My bro, my brother, who's not my brother-in-law, who's not faxed. He has COVID right now and he's taking the monoclonals. Yeah. Aren't those super expensive though? No, the, the state is giving it out. So if you're Oh, the states are giving that, them out yes, now? we're actually one of the sites that gives it out as well. But you but have to be hospitalized or you could be outpatient. No, you can come to the clinic. You could send a nurse to the person's house. Really? But if we send a nurse to the person's house, yes, they do get, um, they do have to pay for the nurse. But uh, I did not know that. I didn't know California they, or know, Arizona we, does that. We don't do as many because we have run short of it. Uh, we've used it and now there's a, sh- you know, we're, we're trying to get more from the state. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, that's the one problem is like getting more samples. More- is there a requirement from the state that you have to give it only to people who are vaccinated or they don't care? It's no, just no, they don't care. The state doesn't care. In fact, I the see. state gives out the names and everything. I think they're pretty, uh, you know, but right. just, can we get more? And that's so Regeneron for anybody that's like older, not vaccinated or vaccinated, I think is a good um, is a good drug. It's a it's uh, within 24 hours, 48 hours. I've seen people turn around. I've also seen people who, um, you know, started kind of dropping, decompensating quickly. We give them oxygen and then they upped it and then they fit the criteria to get it. And they did amazing. And especially in the elderly population. So, wow. you know, it's not such a, there's other options. And I think as we're coming, I haven't tried the, the new Merck product. I don't think from the data, it's not looking so great. Yeah. Uh, 30%, I think success or something like that. What is it? Uh, we'll, we'll look it up, but just, uh, I have another question I want to ask, but before we, like, I don't want to bash the state or government or any of that too much. The fact that they do that, I didn't know that. The fact that they're paying for monoclonal antibodies in California, Arizona, probably a bunch of other states. I was unaware of this. I thought you had to go private to a doctor and pay cash. The fact that they're doing that just wipes out like these conspiracy theories that the state just wants everyone faxed and everyone to be like, you know, uh, slave to the vaccine, basically. Like, so that wipes that out. I think it's more it's more uh, feasible to get it in states like Florida, though it's much harder to get it in California. Okay. So, okay. But you're one of the sites. You guys are one of the I sites. I am one of the sites, yes. And and but I tried to get it like for the Malibu Urgent Care. They wanted to get it. Ah, so okay. The state is listening. Uh, hook up Malibu Urgent Care because they wanted to be part of it and distribute it. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I think a lot of doctors want to be able to give it. I yeah. think they, you know, I think the state has done a good job with starting doctors to be vaccine sites. 
they need to be also doing a good job with, you know, um, regenerum. I think it should be both. And I'm, I'm happy yeah. to see more research. I think yeah. next year, 2022, the research you're doing, Merck, like you mentioned, I know companies doing stem cell treatments for yes. COVID. So we're starting to see all the alternatives coming out, at least being researched. And then so don't good. forget fecal transplant. Talk we're a little bit about this. Protocol. We're working on a protocol for long haulers. For so long haulers. Putting, so we're putting it through the FDA. Um, you know, it's a, we're doing uh, two, two protocols. So we'll see. Uh, we can end with, uh, with this maybe, unless you want to end with something else. Potential long-term issues with mRNA. The, a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe it makes you more susceptible to future strains. The, the one criticism on the Merck's pill, from what I remember, is it could make people um, more receptive to, to getting new strains or something like this, right? Like what? I mean, you know, this is, this is my thing, right? So if you don't let your body do its thing and you give it a pill to do it for you, your body's going to get used to the pill, right? So it's like if you take laxatives, eventually your colon's going to stop working because mm -hmm. it's waiting for the laxatives, right? If you take pancreatic enzymes that to digest your food, eventually your pancreas is not going to want to secrete the pancreatic enzyme to digest. So you're not letting the pancreas do its thing. I, I'm a big believer, but then again, you know, I'm, you and I are probably on the same page where we work hard at trying to be healthy. We work hard at trying to make our body work, right? Like I'm not one of those people that's going to take a pill for a headache. I'm going to tough it up to build up my tolerance. I don't want to be one of those pill popping person, right? Mm. Even though I'm in the clinical trial business, I don't want to just, you know, hi, I need, I have a headache pill, you know, hi, I have something pill. You know, I'd rather let my body build up its immunity, strengthen itself. That's my approach, but that's my approach, you know, but I'm also the girl that's, listen, playing with fecal material with COVID. I'm not really scared <laughs> of COVID or the FDA or pharma, you know, I'm that girl. But if you're not that girl or guy and you are, you know, the person that takes a pill when you have a, a headache and, you know, you don't want to suffer through a cold then yes, the, the platform of treatment and vaccines is probably the best for you. But my, my concern is what do you do to your body when you keep requiring something that your body could be fighting for develop on its own, right? Because mm -hmm. we've seen it with pancreatitis, you know, people that take enzymes eventually end up having some pancreatitis. People that right. take laxatives eventually need a colon resected because they're their con their colon doesn't move anymore so but you don't actually put vaccines in this category though because that's that is your body that's stimulating your body to do something well right. i don't know i mean is it stimulating or is it kind of using is it are you using it as a protector and therefore you don't let your body develop its wow. unity you know what i mean i see right. it's complicated so stuff because then then what happens? Do you stop going out and are you, because let's face it, we're not getting out of this for at least God knows how many years. 
H1N1 from the time. A decade. <laughs> 15 years, 15 years. Wow. H1N1 from the time it started to the time it finished, 15 years. So are we going to do like booster shots every three months, six that's months? That's the plan so far, it seems. I know that's the plan. But you're bullish on these other treatments coming out. I think the treatments are there. I think we need to treat. We need to prevent. We need to quarantine better the people that are infected. So in other words, you're positive with COVID. Please stay home for 10 days until you're negative. Don't go infect everybody. You know, I and that's the one thing that's a bit this you know, um, upsetting about this whole pandemic is I myself, if I had COVID, I would be home. I would be mortified if I infected one more person. Right. right. But there's people out there that just don't care. They think it's That's a hoax. Okay. There's people think no, it's no, a no, hoax. No, no, no. But forget the hoax. Even the people that don't think it's a hoax, they're just so self-centered about themselves. Hmm. They, 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 they're sick and they're coughing and they're going in a plane and they're going you know, and they're not telling anyone. And that's just, to me, that's criminal. That's just yeah. selfish. And so that's what gets us still in this pandemic because of people like that, that know they're sick and they're going on a plane or know they're sick and they're going to stay in a hotel or go but to- then, But then people get critical of government, but government only knows how to do, you know, one way of doing things and that's mandating stuff. I mean, it- <laughs> yeah, what, what the government should have done really is really find out who is positive when you're positive and make sure they stay quarantined, probably give them a, a bracelet or something to make sure they stay in their apartment for 10 days. Like they did. Uh, he pissed people of- off with that one. <laughs> but look, look how they did in Hong Kong. That's what they yeah. did in Hong Kong. They did a great job. And I think also um, Taiwan did that. I you think know? the culture is different, though. Like America, and you're dealing with. I mean, it's in the, I don't want to open a can of worms, but it's just, we're different out we're here. Different. <laughs> we're beautifully different. We're beautifully so, different. Uh, that, that fearful, that, uh, you know, strength. It's good. It's fun. But all in all, we're wrapping up. Anything else that we didn't talk about that you think is important? Uh, I think we covered a lot. Yeah, I think it's important to know the, uh, benefits, but also to focus on the risks of both things. So, amen. Agree. Agree. Look at the microbiome and not forget the microbiome of because, course. and the microbes, it's taking over our bodies and putting it, us back into the soil of the earth to, to become the beautiful planet that it is. I love that. Can you, we need to end this on a positive note. When you give that speech, it's like so romantic. Can you do it again? Like we come from the dirt, we go, you know, which one I'm talking about? The thing you always say, can you end it? And we go back to the dirt circle of life. That's it. And that's micro, that's bacteria. We are bacteria. We are bacteria. We come from dirt and we go back to dirt. The microbiome, we are born with bacteria that essentially decomposes our body and puts us back to the earth. I'm going to put a link, link to Dr. Hazen's book underneath this video. Go get it. It's She wrote it before 2019, 20, uh, she wrote it before COVID, right? So yes. have that as a context when you're reading it in a post-COVID world. It makes it a better read, in my right. opinion. Right. It's crazy. So link underneath, link to her LinkedIn. 
please don't deplatform us, YouTube. I don't think we said anything bad. We're just having regular conversation like everybody should. Yes, yes. Thank you, Dr. Hazen. I appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you everybody, for watching, listening. Go follow her. Get the book. Catch you guys later. Bye-bye.